I V M. Hey everybody, welcome to another week on the IVM Podcast Network. If you aren't following us on social media, please do. We're IVM Podcast on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram. I'd like to thank our sponsors this week, Paytm Money. As we go into God knows what week of the lockdown, we've been trying to make sure that we get as much content out to you as possible. We had some interesting episodes in the last week. Cyrus says we had Angad Singh Ranyal on it. That was a fun episode to listen to. On the Filter Coffee podcast, we had Taslima Nasleen and Arunav Sinha on that. That was another great conversation. Karthik Srinivasan joined Varun on advertising instead. And guys, look for Pratik Oswal on Paisa Vesa podcast with Anupam Gupta. That was another great episode. I'd also like to let people know that the show that we're doing with Mr. Ashish Vidyarthi, Begin the Journey, is now going to be releasing three times a week. So do check that out. I'm sure you'll enjoy that. And let's get started with your show. BQ Big Decisions, the Bloomberg Quinn podcast that helps you make the right financial choices. Hello and thanks for listening in. This is BQ Big Decisions and I'm Alex Matthew. If you've listened to any of the conversations we've had on this podcast series over the past several months, you'll know that we've covered all the basics of personal finance. How to go about goal-based investing, what are the investments that can help you achieve those goals, and what is a risk profile? We've also had specific conversations on the types of investments that you can make especially fixed income investments into mutual fund schemes. Now, it's clear that we're living in unprecedented times. The winding down of six fixed income schemes by Franklin Templeton has given rise to a lot of worry. So on today's conversation, I'm hoping to answer some of the questions or rather get some of the questions answered about strategy in these uncertain times in order to safeguard your hard-earned money. My guest today is Harshwardhan Rungta, Certified Financial Planner and Founder of Rungta Securities. Thanks so much for joining me, Harsh, as usual. My pleasure, Alex. Now, this is a bit of a different conversation because we're not sitting in front of each other. The pandemic is causing us to adapt to this situation. But there's something we have to accept right at the onset, Harsh. There's a lot of anger out there. Uh, there are a lot of investors who have money invested in these six schemes that Franklin Templeton had, thousands of crores worth of uh, assets under management. And all of a sudden, overnight, they're facing a situation where their money is locked up and they're not sure about whether they'll get it back. What exactly has happened for those who are unfamiliar with it or perhaps who are trying to figure out what has happened? Uh, so, well, Alex, the situation is such that Franklin Templeton had these six, uh, six schemes that they have uh, enlisted. Yes. Now, in the these are all debt funds, so ranging from an ultra short term bond fund to a low duration. They had a credit risk fund, the dynamic accrual fund, the short term income fund, the income opportunities fund. So, these are all debt schemes managed by Franklin. Right. Now, over the years, Franklin has been investing into a paper. So, the in, so in simple words, let's put it like this. So if you are an investor, you have invested your money in, say, Franklin India short-term debt fund. Now, this particular scheme is required to park that money in certain uh, you know, bonds. Now, the bonds that they bought into, 
were a mix of a triple A rated papers they were double A rated they were lower rated papers as well and this rating essentially for those who are unfamiliar is essentially what tells you what the credit rating is so the likelihood of default that is the likelihood that the money will not be paid back triple A means it's the top rated and there's a very low chance that the money will not be paid back that's correct so a triple a signifies the highest rating that uh, an instrument gets so so this fund manager goes ahead and invests that money which all the investors have pooled in together into in, into bonds with different credit ratings now apparently franklin's portfolio consisted primarily of double a rated and below uh, and below investments okay so so there is a composition there is a combination of triple a rated double a single a b maybe you know so these are different investments that they held in their schemes right now over a period of time we have seen uh, you know the defaults happening with island fs with sl group with uh, several others the vodafone was marked down the papers of vodafone idea were marked down then we had a yes bank uh, going into moratorium so these were the issues which started cropping up now if you have as an investor as a fund manager invested into bonds of these companies you are not likely to receive your money on time at the same time now alex you and me being investors into this particular scheme we went ahead and we gave a request for redemption so we wanted our money so we went to the fund house and we said please give our money back because i need it for whatever reasons now if the fund house has to give money to you they will definitely have to sell some papers yes. which they are invested into correct so the most liquid ones being the triple a rated papers the the highly rated papers that they had in their portfolio now over a period of time uh, over the last couple of months franklin had seen a huge redemption onto their schemes so when you have redemption and you're supposed to pay the investors who are asking for money back you you went ahead and started selling papers which were saleable so which are those highly marketable triple rated papers because in the last couple of months nobody was taking the lower rated papers anyway nobody was buying Absolutely. them so, yes Yeah, so liquidity in the low-rated papers had become uh, a, a very dry. Yes. As a result, uh, you know, you couldn't really go ahead and sell them the way you wanted. So now, in that case, uh, with the redemption pressures coming in, the scheme actually ran out of all the papers that they had invested, which were triple A-rated and highly liquid. Then came a situation wherein still there were redemption pressures. So the fund house has an option to borrow up to twenty percent of the assets that they own. They can borrow and uh, redeem and pay the redemptions. This is under regulatory uh, requirement. Absolutely. So as per the regulatory guidelines, they are permitted to uh, to take a loan up to twenty percent of the assets that they own. They exhausted that limit as well. In some cases, they have in fact gone even beyond twenty percent, which is also well within the regulatory approvals. now having exhausted that option as well now again if there are redemptions happening where does the fund house pay those redemptions from where the the investments that they are holding are not liquidable and they are supposed to still pay so what franklin did as a decision took a decision was that they went in for winding up of the schemes now what it means is that the status quo they maintain a status quo now so you and me as investors in this scheme we are now going to be on a status quo uh, as in we will not be allowed to redeem money out of it we will not be allowed to invest any further we cannot switch money that we have in franklin say short term income fund into a franklin um, equity fund we cannot do that so our money is now in this scheme and it is going to be given to you and me as in when 
the fund house realizes the investments that they have made into those bonds that means the companies that the the bonds which they have bought when the companies repay with the interest and principal that's correct so so in some cases you will have uh, the interest being paid regularly in some cases there might be a default or a delay in that owing to the lockdown the crisis that we're seeing so uh, if there is an interest payment coming regularly that on a monthly basis will be given back to the investors after so just have to remember this point there is about a 20% uh, 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 loan taken from banks on this particular uh, scheme so first the payment will be made to those banks for the lower the bar the lenders will have to be paid first right there's a waterfall which, as they say correct so first the money will have to be paid to the lenders and thereafter the uh, unit holders will get money proportionately to the number of units they're holding on a monthly basis that is what the franklin top management has uh, informed all right so there was that call that they did in the morning uh, where there That's was right. a little bit of uh, clarification that was provided but there are questions still harsh uh, out there in terms of why uh, has it devolved so quickly um you know this has been happening for the last 2 months shouldn't investors have been warned in some fashion of course this is coming from those investors themselves saying i subscribe to an open ended fund so i i was given a guarantee at that time that i could pull out my money at any point of time um and suddenly it's turned out to be a closed ended fund and some of the investors in this in these funds have substantial monies that are stuck so what does it mean for these investors So you're right, Alex. When you invested money into the scheme, you were told that you can enter and exit any any at any point in time. Right. And uh, overnight, you've been given a uh, you know mandate saying that now onwards there is no exit uh, out of it, and you have to wait for recoveries to happen. Yeah. So uh, well, it is as kind of a rude shock to the investors, and unfortunately, so it is going to pro- probably have a larger impact onto the confidence that investors have into the mutual fund industry as a Whole. So it's a very, it's a very sad day in the uh, in the parlance of the asset management uh, industry. But uh, this is a reality, and uh, if you have to look at it from uh, uh, from an investor's point of view, especially those ones uh, who are not well informed or those who are not able to track such developments, I think it is a step in the right direction. Imagine a situation. So we've seen just if we talk about just any one of the schemes, it if it had an AUM of twelve thousand crore. and today we are standing at 7000 crores so there has been a 5000 crores redemption in the last 2 months now those investors were well informed they were well advised yeah. so they have been they have been able to redeem their money on time now leaving behind investors who were not so proactively managing their portfolios now had this happened 2 months ago so maybe everybody would have been at par at that point in time and uh, uh, so if not happened 2 months ago it's probably happening today and uh, it will possibly save those investors who have not been basically able to track besides the fact of course yeah besides the fact of course that they don't have liquidity on papers right now so there is no choice and if anybody wants to redeem it will only mean selling more of those liquid papers if at all and then retaining back the liquid ones for the uh, investors who are remaining back in the scheme small point that i was trying was uh, going to make is that there have been uh, certain uh, veterans in the industry that have pointed out that 
a mutual fund uh, or an asset management company has to treat all investors with parity so those investors that are coming in those investors that are staying with you and those investors that are trying to go out so in the event that they would have continued redemptions i think that those investors that would have stayed with them would have gotten the raw side of the deal in that they would have seen a significant deterioration in the asset quality right that's correct that's correct okay but at the same time there have been those that are suggesting that perhaps and and this is uh, this is a bit of a, a dicey proposition because where does the buck stop right uh, because on the one hand you're saying that franklin templeton for all those who knew about uh, the strategy that was employed by uh, this particular asset management company was willing to take certain risks in terms of its portfolio uh, a lot of advisors knew that and that's the reason why it was offering rates of uh, up to 200 basis points higher than its competition uh, so some decided to steer clear and say look this is high risk you shouldn't get into this but others perhaps were not as conscientious so people are getting up and saying shouldn't my advisor have told me about this yes alex you're absolutely right so there's a three uh, way that you the three prong approach that you will have to look at this issue from the first one being there is a specific category uh, in mutual fund debt schemes which is credit risk funds wherein the regulator has permitted and very categorically informed investors in that sense by the virtue of the name of the scheme being a credit risk fund so ideally as a fund house i would put this onus on franklin uh, fund managers if you have an ultra short term fund a low duration fund yes. essentially the profile of those schemes is that a person will park his emergency funds he'll park money temporarily over there until he requires it into uh, into paper into schemes like these so as a fund manager uh, you know it was the duty of the fund manager to in that sense be very prudent in investing uh, and buying bonds accordingly you couldn't have uh, taken a credit risk or low rated illiquid papers into low duration ultra short term bond funds i mean it does not really go uh, you know along with it so you have a clear category of a credit risk risk fund so and you know medium term duration funds or you can so take a risk in that paper where the investor profile is also coming in with that mindset and there needs to be a clear messaging as well because now we've achieved at least to a certain extent uh, some information going out in terms of the nature of credit risk funds harsh you know we we keep talking about it in on on this pro, on this podcast on on various programs on Bloomberg Quint uh, that it is a risky proposition just because it's fixed income doesn't mean that there's no risk uh, but at the same time i i think a lot of people are asking the question and what you just pointed out is that there was no reason why they should have thought that it was dangerous or there was a significant risk associated with uh, the ultra short uh, bond uh, or other ultra short uh, scheme that was being offered by franklin right. templeton but at the same time i would say harsh that the fact that they were giving you much higher returns is, is suggestive of the kind of papers that they were buying so again there's a bit of a a, a catch 22 situation there 
Absolutely. So now the first uh, leg of that approach that I mentioned was obviously the duties of the fund manager. Now, if you look at now, you've hit the right chord. So now let's look at the other two legs of this approach that we're talking about. So the other one being, of course, uh, the investors themselves. In my own experience, I'm saying this: the investors themselves came up because if you're talking about the ultra HNI category, they are well advised, they are well aware. So even if uh, you know they're approaching somebody, they kind of fairly have. Have a good idea about what's happening around. If they don't themselves have, there is somebody who's already advising them. So, in fact, in my own experience, I've had cases where investors came up to us. I'm talking about uh, six, eight months, one year ago, where they selected and they asked me a question, uh, saying that why not a Franklin short-term income fund or income opportunities fund? Because they tend to offer, you know, in, on a past return basis, they tend to offer 200 basis point higher than the category. So why aren't you recommending this? So from an investor point of view, also where they looked at only past returns, they said that you know I'm getting this fund is giving me higher return and it's top of the charts. So why am I why uh, am I not being suggested that scheme? So investors also need to understand everything that gives you higher return does not mean that it is you know equivalently placed in terms of safety and all other parameters. Absolutely. Now the third part, as you rightly pointed out again, as to why wasn't my advisor proactive enough to identify this? Isn't that the job of the advisor? So yes, the third leg of this entire conversation is on the advisor as well. So wherein you have to, as an advisor keep a track of these things guide your investors even if they come up with situations such as this that why am i not being given a scheme which is giving higher return why are you suggesting something which is lower in return in the category so it is your duty as an advisor to guide and differentiate and tell them what is the reason if they are holding lower rated papers the chances of risk are defaults also high so i think this is a combination of all these three things and somewhere all three have gone wrong for for an, for this situation to have arisen right now. In a sense, Harshit, it's it's the perfect storm because the, the speed at which this pandemic spread, uh, it spread so rapidly that the markets crashed so quickly uh, that I believe that a lot of people didn't have time to react. But having said that, a lot of uh, the other AMCs have come out on record. In fact, the industry body Amphi has also come out with a statement that says that uh, a lot of the other AMCs are, have uh, enough room and they can take care of redemption, but uh, perhaps it's best and most prudent to stay put. Uh, that's not an easy decision to make for individual investors, right? And I would think, Harsh, that, that that's a case-to-case -case, uh, decision to make. For example, if there is an investor that has a substantial exposure to a credit risk, uh, in these scenarios, perhaps it is better to de-risk? So, uh, credit risk funds very clearly are in the tight spot right now. So, if you are already an investor into a low-rated paper in good times, so if, while everything was going fine, there was liquidity, there was economic movement, everything going, business is running smoothly. At that point in time, if there was a business rated low in uh, you know getting a low credit rating, in times like these, when there is a lockdown, where business activities have virtually come to a standstill, even after the lockdown gets over, we don't even assume an economic growth of more than 1%. So uh, order books are going to take time, the costs are going to escalate. So during these times, the low rated papers, which were anyways in, uh, you know, in, diffi in difficult situations. So there is likely to be a credit, uh, you know, uh, event here and when there will be defaults, interest payments will not be done on time. So, 
so this is actually panning out now and the effects will be seen in the coming months so as much as the industry body or anybody from the industry states specifically to credit risk funds well they have been following all the guidelines but the interest payments in my opinion are definitely going to be delayed and or there could be defaults especially in the credit risk funds yeah so all the case, signs are pointing to that uh, just a small mention harsh in fact last night uh, we had a report on bloomberg quint that talked about a cabinet decision to uh, put uh, the ibc process on pause for the next 6 months at least uh, so so there are no go- going to be no insolvencies uh, in the next 6 months Absolutely. So, so an investor uh, in a credit risk fund right now, my personal opinion, one, you shouldn't have, and that's what we've been advocating all throughout in the last couple of years. In fact, wherein we've said debt is not uh, meant uh, to be taken risk with. So, if you want to take risk, invest in equities. So, so credit risk funds, and uh, you will recall on our mutual fund shows and several podcasts as we've done that uh, we've always been declining and you know advising people against credit risk funds. debt investments are supposed to be for preservation of capital and not to take risk so well my i continue with that suggestion and say that if you are an investor with credit risk funds and you are able to redeem today even if it's in negative for the moment i think it is it will be wise for you to redeem out of this and probably invest in and uh, you know in a liquid fund uh, the ultra short term or the overnight funds in case you wish to park your money just make sure that even uh, you know the the ultra short term fund that you're investing in does not have uh, papers similar to that of the franklin absolutely so you must go through the underlying or ask your financial planner to tell you about the underlying securities that these schemes are investing in and they need to be high quality papers uh, so but very quickly uh, harsh to wrap up this conversation for investors in other mutual funds uh, and in other debt schemes um is there a cause for concern or perhaps uh, it's you know it's something that will get resolved uh, in the near term so well as far as liquidity is concerned there is ample liquidity in the system right now the concern is whether uh, uh, you know the companies in which your scheme has invested into will be able to pay now you will have to do a little uh, you know deep diving into the scheme details now ask your financial advisor to do that for you and sit along with your financial advisor to understand that and do not take anything at face value i mean you know we, we might hear a lot of industry participants uh, claiming and you know uh, saying that everything is fine it's only effective uh, to, it's only affecting only one particular fund house etc but i think uh, you should not take anybody at face value right now and you got to safeguard uh, your finances absolutely you have to take the onus up yourself if you're not comfortable at all and you think you've lost trust i mean there is uh, it's very likely that you think like that but does not mean that you have to take action immediately on it don't let it be a you know reaction uh, just go into the details don't panic at this juncture you still have a lot of time to your side i mean it's not that tomorrow another fund house is going to announce a similar thing so that i don't well, see hope, it happening let's hope not let's hope not <laughs> but uh, but it's time for for you to surely look into your portfolio and do a little get a little more involved than what you were till now understood all right i i think that more or less covers uh, all of the aspects and uh, perhaps we can talk uh, as and when there is a regulatory response we don't have one yet harsh uh, obviously one would expect that the market regulator will come in and say something about this uh, it is an unprecedented event uh, but to that point uh, i think uh, let me thank you for joining me on this conversation and essentially clarifying a lot of aspects uh, for my listeners it's been a pleasure as Great. always 
My pleasure. Thank you, Alex. And to you, dear listener, thank you so much for listening into this conversation. I hope that it helped you out. If you've got any additional questions, you can mail us on askbq at bloomberqueen.com or in fact, send us a message on any one of our social media platforms. Thanks so much for listening in. This is Alex Matthews signing off. Have a great day. If you enjoyed Big Decisions, check out some other podcasts on the IVM Podcast Network. You can check out Pesa Vesa hosted by Anupam Gupta. Advertising is Dead hosted by Varun Dugirala. The Ronnie Screwwala podcast hosted by Ronnie Screwwala or Cyrus Says hosted by Cyrus Procha. These shows are available on the IVM Podcast website, app or wherever you get your podcasts from. Are you constantly seeking happiness? Wondering how to make the most of every day? How not to let your inhibitions stop you from achieving your goals? It's now time to get your A-game on. It's time to unlock your true potential. Tune in to the empowering series with me, Zarina Poonawala, to feel empowered in all genres of life. From behavioral skills to management skills, from health to relationships, from mental well-being to emotional well-being, and of course, your finances. I've got you covered with these tips and tricks from me, Zarina, and true life stories from my amazing guests. You're bound to bring your purest to the table. Tune in to the empowering series with Zarina Punawala every Thursday on the IVM podcast app, website or wherever you listen to podcasts. Do you have a night routine? Well, everyone has one. And the to-do list usually looks like this. Brush your teeth, set that alarm, get into your pajamas and switch off those screens. But here's one more to add to that list. Tune into the Positively Unlimited podcast for a dose of positive action and tips on how to build powerful mindsets. Episodes out every Monday on the IBM Podcast app, ibmpodcast.com or wherever you tune into podcasts.